Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope. This is where you get to hear how to feel happy, balanced, and worthwhile. How to make that lonely ache vanish and feel empowered, confident, secure. I'm Lauren Abrams, and I get to help you feel that magic again since going through my own dark night of the soul by chatting with incredible leaders, healers, and change agents who give you their message of hope after overcoming challenges of their own. And today we're talking to intuitive writer, astrologer, and author, Stephanie Capone. Are you ready to get your confidence up and feel empowered? Do you want to know the best times to do certain things in your life? You get to find out right now how to align with your gifts and your path that fulfills you, not one others think you should do, and how to deal with triggers when they come up. Do the healing to get rid of your shadows. Get ready for inspiration and empowerment from new mom. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope, Stephanie. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to, that you're here too. And I keep saying I'm so impressed with the new baby and everything um, that you're here. And I know you have a new book coming out or yeah, uh, did it, it didn't come out yet, did it? It's June 20th. Oh, yay. Okay. So, and this is your third book, book I believe, right? Yes. So this do is- you want to just talk about that? And how did you even get started doing tarot and and writing for teens. You do so many different modalities, really. And tarot still confuses me a little bit. So you can talk about that as well. But how did you get started in this realm or did you grow up with it? Oh, so many good questions. So I, <laughs> I, I started reading tarot uh, when I was 14, you know, and I was a little, little teen witch yeah. and I had no idea what I was doing. It the, you know, I saved up babysitting money and bought my first tarot deck at Barnes and Noble with the only deck that they had. Um, and it came with a little guidebook that was very esoteric and way over my head. And so I, I would read it and I was like, I don't really know what this is, but I would just play with the cards. And I kind of went along that path for, you know, more than a decade. And it wasn't until I went through my dark night of the soul in 2016, when my whole life fell apart, and um, I really turned to tarot and like angel cards and oracle cards and all the cards to be my support system. Um, I was going through a divorce, which I had initiated, and my whole family and all my friends were like, What the F are you doing? Like, you have the greatest guy in the world. Why are you ruining everybody's life? And a lot of people turned their back on me and I was the, I was definitely the villain, but truly it was the best thing for both of us. I just saw it first. Yeah. Um, so, I, and that's, that's so interesting. Like, like, you know, you do what's right for you and your soul and your gut and whatever. And everyone, yeah. Everyone hates you. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, and people don't understand. And I, I didn't know, I didn't have the language at the time mm-hmm. to, to share why I didn't understand why it was happening. And so turning to tarot really helped, helped me when I felt like I was falling. That's so interesting because one of the, I have eight overarching messages from when I compiled all the messages of hope. And I, and one of them is whatever modality you're called to, it works. Yes. And and it's so interesting that you were called to tarot. Um, so I, yeah. So how did you get called to tarot? Do you even know, or that's just what called you? I just, you know, I picked them back up and I started 
working with them again. And then it was like, you know how synchronicity works. It's like yes. all of a sudden you're scrolling on Instagram and some something tarot related comes up or you see something in an email and it's something to, and I started watching YouTube videos and, um, you know, with people, other readers giving like a, a weekly message. And it was just like, and this book came into my life at the time that was, it was a, like how to work with moon cycles. Mm -hmm. And so it was like doing rituals and there was a lot of tarot in there. So it was like really sparking my passion for it in a way that I never got to experience when I was young because I didn't have the resources, you know, and I'm a little older. So like the internet really didn't exist when I got, when I was in high school. And so there weren't all these, you know, great resources. Um, so that's kind of how I got into it. And I was reading them over and over and over again. And then I felt kind of called to write about my experience. I had, I started journaling and I've never been a, this is the funny things. I've never been a writer. That never is interesting. Cause I know you write for a lot of publications yep. and everything else. So that's, so you started just from journaling. Okay. Mm -hmm. Keep going. Yeah. So you started journaling. I, again, I, I was really alone. You know, I, I didn't have anybody in my life. So I had my tarot cards and my Oracle cards and I had my journals and I just, all this stuff was just coming up and I was just, I was going through like a journal a week and I, I, I had a stack of them and I was like, yeah, I had this thought like, oh, am I supposed to turn this into like a memoir? Like, am I supposed to write about this? Like, I don't know where all this writing has come from. I've never been a writer before. And so I started working on, um, on a memoir. Mm -hmm. I guess I should also say I left the marriage. I also left the home that we had lived in together and I left my jobs. So I was like, it's all, I'm done with all of this. I was living in Florida for 20 years and I was like, I'm just going to get rid of everything I own and pack like three suitcases into my car and drive to New York and rent a house or rent a, a room in a house, like on the Long Island Sound and write. Then it, I'm, like, I'm going to go be a hermit in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what you did. Mm -hmm. yeah. I had no plan. I had a ton of savings. I, I had been saving up to buy a house with my ex and that wasn't happening. So I was like, well, I guess I have some like F you money to hold me while I figure this out. So time to do some work on yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was like, and I, I can't be around anybody. I need to just go where nobody knows me and I don't know anybody. And I wrote the book and it was bad. <laughs> And I realized it was like, oh, this is just like a cathartic thing. But I was like, it would be kind of cool to publish a book and see it in the stores. And so I started doodling in my in my uh, sketchbook because I'm also an artist. I don't know if we've mentioned that, but um, one of my jobs, I was an illustrator for an interior design magazine. Okay, so I have a I have an art background. So I started doodling like what the book would look like. You know, I drew like a bookshelf in like Barnes and Noble, like in the self-help section and like <laughs> drew like a ton of it with like the name on the spine. And then one of the books I had opened and in, in the interior, I, I drew a tarot card. Like I drew the fool, which is the first card in the tarot that is 
the fool, they call them the fool because they're about to jump off a cliff <laughs> and start this new spiritual journey. So I drew myself as the fool jumping off the cliff. And I was like, oh, wow. This story, this whole thing really reminds me of the tarot, you know, of the fool's journey of going through all these archetypes and how they're, yes, of course, it's very spiritual and occult related, but really it's very Jungian (laughs) and it's very psychological, these archetypes that you're, you know, going through when you do this like deep inner work. So I started drawing myself kind of going through and making a tarot deck. And again, it was just for my own healing purposes. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So, and then, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead, keep going. Uh, I say that, you know, once I moved to New York, I, all of these opportunities to, to work with and take classes and be around all these other tarot readers. And some of my heroes that were like big names were like offering classes. And I just so happened to get like the last spot in the class. And all of a sudden I'm in a room with 20 other people doing this like deep healing work and learning. And it, it felt like the most immersive therapy I've ever been through. And I told them that I was kind of working on this little deck and they were like, oh, we want to see it. And I'd never shared that with anybody. So it was like a safe space to share my drawings and my story. And there was just all these synchronistic things that started happening with people encouraging me to make it into a a real tarot deck. And I was like, who's going to want to buy a tarot deck with, you know, one character that looks like me, (laughs) (laughs) dark hair. She has the glasses. I'm like, this is not marketable in any way, but it really feels good for me. And um, I had somebody reach out to me on Instagram. That was an old friend from high school. I hadn't spoken to in 20 years who was a graphic designer. And she was like, what are you going to do with this deck? And I was like, "Uh, I don't know anything about publishing. And she was like, well, I can help you. I'm like, I'll lay it out in, in design for you and we'll find you a printer. And we found a printer and she laid the whole thing out for me. And then somebody else reached out and was like, do you have a website where like people can buy this? Like, do you have an e-commerce platform? And I was like, I can barely turn a computer on. I have no idea what I'm doing. So it was just kind of like, like the ocean, like people were like carrying me on Mm -hmm. these waves. And then all of a sudden it was a thing. And I put out just to, you know, my friends and whatnot on the internet, like, Hey, I'm going to order a hundred of these decks. Does anybody want to buy them? And I like sold out of them almost immediately and was ordering more. And then it just kind of became my business. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And how did you end up writing for all these magazines and for teens? And, and we want to talk about that. Yeah. So it's, it kind of started out small. You know, I was living in Brooklyn, which, you know, when you live in New York city, it's like, you never know who you're going to meet. Right. So it was kind of like, through words where people were like, oh, you should go to this place. They hire tarot readers. And so I, I found, you know, I went there and it was this fabulous boutique. It's still there. It's called Jill Lindsay and it's in Fort Greene. It's a fabulous place. Very magical. It's like everything you want. It's like amazing clothes by like independent 
local designers. And then they also have like a healing space where you can have Reiki and you can get a tarot reading and astrology and all the things. And she wanted to carry my deck. And so all of a sudden my deck was being sold in stores. And then she was like, Hey, do you want to come here and, and be a tarot reader? And I would meet, I mean, I, you know, like famous actors would come in and I would read their tarot and they would buy my deck and, you know, you just never know who you're going to meet. And there was a, a wonderful woman that I met and I did a tarot reading for, and she bought two copies of my deck. She was like, Oh, it's for me. And for my friend in California who, you know, we're both learning tarot and we'd love to learn it from you. And then the pandemic hit and everything that I had been building, you know, I was, I was doing corporate tarot readings at that point for like big fashion designers. And it was so cool. It was so much fun. It was 2019 was a really fun year to live in New York. And anyways, and when the pandemic hit and I lost all of my income, basically, you know, cause I was doing readings and I was doing workshops and retreats and like all sorts of cool stuff. And I freaked out and panicked because I was like, oh, I don't really qualify for any unemployment. I don't know what to do. And rent is certainly not canceled. <laughs> and then I, I cried for two weeks. And then I said, oh, if somebody came to me and was having a tarot reading and told me that everything fell apart and they had been working on building all of this great stuff, and then it disappeared. What would you say? And I started laughing and I was like, oh my God, I would say the universe cleared your schedule because you're supposed to be doing something else. So why don't you, you know, stop crying and just let it come. And like two weeks later, I got an email from an editor at Penguin Random House. That was the friend of my clients that she had sent my, my tarot deck and guidebook. And she said, oh, we're putting together a tarot book for beginners and we're looking for an author and my friend gifted me your book and your deck and I love your voice. Do you think that you could write this book for us in six to eight weeks? <laughs> and I was like, wow, I really, that's kind of perfect timing because my schedule is very clear. <laughs> so that's how I got my first book deal. That's, I mean, I love those stories. The synchronicity is exactly that so how did you end up writing and um for teens is it self-help for teens what do you exactly do in that genre so they they looked at the numbers of who was buying the book mm -hmm. and the demographic overwhelmingly was teenagers and they were like we need to develop this book that really speaks to the teen experience and, you know, my little heart like broke into a million pieces because yeah. I remembered myself at 14 and I was like, God, I, I couldn't read this book. It didn't make any sense. I didn't know what I was doing. I felt so lost at the time. You know, it's everything's very dramatic when you're a teenager, but you of know, my course, family. Of course. I remember in high school, all the kids that had the tarot cards. I mean, I just talked about this on another episode. <laughs> I totally remember this. It was such a thing. Yeah. Um, and I was like, wow, I have the opportunity to like write this. And like, it was so healing for my inner teenager. So we reworked the book and we took out all the stuff about sex and 
marriage and long-term relationships and buying houses and getting jobs and money. And we tweaked it so that it was like, hey, if you're like all the relationship stuff was like dealing with your crush or having a crush on somebody or dealing with friendship dynamics or like dealing with your parents and feeling misunderstood and having compassion for yourself, but also, you know, having compassion for them. They're, you know, they're trying. It's, a, it's, it's not easy for anybody. Um, and then, you know, the, the money stuff, taking that pressure off it and, and making it more like about schoolwork and like maybe getting a part-time job and like what that looks like for you. So it was, it was really fun. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, and how would you help somebody who says, I want to do something, maybe not, maybe not that, but I want to do something that lights me up the way you left a marriage that, you know, everyone was like, what are you doing? And you lost your friends and you lost everybody. You end up alone, but look at you on the other side of it. You're doing what you're called here to do and what makes you happy. And, and now you're with the correct not the correct partner. That's not the right word. Um, wrong adjective. Sorry. But you're with the your person partner. for me. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And now you have a new baby and, and you have a life that's more aligned for you. Yes. Um, and they're like, wait, I, I want that. I want the life that's aligned for me. Um, what would you it's tell It's totally them? possible. Yes. It's so possible. It's, you know what? I think we have to be really willing to do the hard stuff and have difficult conversations. And I think you need to be open and willing to be really uncomfortable. It's not saying you have to suffer. It's just saying you really have to, you're not going to get somewhere different by doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. It's a pain is necessary. Suffering is optional. Yes. There's a saying that goes, it's not exactly that, but it's basically, that's what it says. Um, I think you also have to get, there's a lot of self-honesty that's necessary. Um, yeah. Ooh, yes. I, and, and a lot of it for me personally was looking very, you know, once you get past like, okay, I'm, I'm going to only be in alignment when I put myself first and stop doing things to please other people. You know, you can't please your parents. You can't do it to please your friends or a boss or anybody. If it's not, if it's really like wrenching you up inside to get through the day, it's, it's not worth it there. They'll get over it. Yeah. So I saw that you talk about um, healing and shadow work. Can you explain what shadow work is and how to heal from that? Or is that? Yes. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, so shadow work, it's, it sounds so scary, but it's really like the most beautiful parts of yourself. Yeah, hide it in your shadow. And we don't want people to know about it. And the more you bring it out and you first admit it to yourself and then start being open about it, it feels so freeing. I mean, nobody wants to talk about their ugly parts, right? And like, I now I have no problems talking about my ugly parts. I love to say like, I was the most jealous person. I would be like, oh, I'm so happy for you. And then I would be like, oh, why not me? And I would be so like angry about it. 
and hold on to that instead of saying, oh, my feelings of jealousy are trying to show me what it is I really want. It's giving, it's offering me clarity on what I wish I was doing. So what if I put my energy into not sitting in my crummy feelings, but what if I said, hey, universe, how can, how can we work on that so that I can have my version of it? Yeah, that, that's an excellent uh, turning around of and using your feelings in a positive way. Yes. Like now I love it when I feel jealous. I'm like, ooh, now I know what it is I want to like work on. And like, that's pointing me in the direction of the personal work. Like there's something, if there's, you know, some resistance or some, you know, yucky feelings happening. I'm like, oh, let me examine them. And, and tarot is such a great way to have those really honest conversations with yourself. Okay. And how? That's really, okay. So how? So, so I love using tarot as a tool for self-reflection and really to engage with your intuition rather than, I mean, I, I love being witchy and I love all the mystical things, but like Really, it's very practical. Yeah, I was it's, about to say that, that's a practical application. So how can you use it for that? I, I, I guess you shuffle a deck and pick a card or what? Yeah, so I would. Um, and in my, in my books, all of my books, I always add shadow work tarot spreads because I think it's so important. I mean, when I was first starting out, I would literally shuffle my deck every single morning with my coffee. And I would say, okay, what aspect of my shadow wants to come out? Because I wasn't, I wasn't working, so I had a lot of time. Yeah, okay. and that's again how it kind of became my my profession is because I really dedicated twenty four hours a day, seven days a week to this for you know over a year. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I would pull a card and say like, what aspect of my shadow wants to come out to play? And I would you know pull a card and I wouldn't look at it because I didn't want to start thinking about what the image was before I pulled the rest of the cards. So. I would, sit that down. And then I would say, okay, what does my ego have to say about that? And again, I'm not looking okay, at let's it. Go back, it. Let's down. go back to when something's uh, the part, the question before though, when something's bothering you. Yeah. And there's something to learn. And you said you could use the tarot to help you. And that's, yeah. that's kind of how I would pull it. I okay. Would say, okay. Pull a card based on like, Hey, I'm feeling this kind of way right. about whatever, like, jealousy uh-huh. what you know what is what does my shadow have to say about jealousy that i need okay. to learn from today and then pull a card okay and i would write them down in my journal you know okay cuz a lot of times when you're asking all these questions and you pull all these cards and you're like oh what did i ask <laughs> that's just me but i like yeah, to write them that's... down it's also a great record to go back and reflect on okay but you know whatever's coming up for you that's you know whether it's like jealousy or your I mean, anything from your shadow, just, you know, self um, feeling like a victim. That's another shadowy thing that I've done a lot of work around is like making excuses because I'm feeling victimized instead of empowered. Like, how can I move, you know, pull a card? How can I move from feeling victimized to a place of feeling empowered? Write them down. And then when you start to flip them over, then you can see the messages and it's not just about going and flipping to your guidebook to look up what the 
what the guidebook has to say about it. Like when you see the card, what are your first reactions? You know, sometimes when a card's upside down, people are like, oh my God, what does this mean? And it's like, it means what the reaction is bringing up in you just by seeing an upside down card or seeing the devil or seeing death or whatever card, nine of swords, a card that doesn't look sunny and positive. You know, you don't have to read so deeply into that. It's what, what's your immediate present tense reaction telling you? And then once you get past that, kind of looking at the imagery and being like, oh, what is this making me think of? You know, again, it's like your intuition. You could look at a card and it could have absolutely nothing to do with the prescribed meaning of the card. You can be like, oh, that's my mother. And you're like, I got to deal with my mommy issues today. Just by seeing like one thing, it's like, that's what the thing is. Don't push that aside to try to go look it up and see what's in a book. Like whatever's coming up for you is the thing that wants to be engaged with. And you can always journal too, just like you did to get to, to get to everything. Um, Yes. Tarot and journaling are like hand in hand besties. um, And now you also do astrology. And that was the other fun. I feel like, again, they go really hand in hand. I feel like tarot is so great for self-reflection, for shadow work, and for intuition. And astrology gives you concrete timing and really in-depth insights into who you are and how, like, I, I like it. It's so much to say. I'm like, take a breath. Um, when, when I was going through my divorce and I I had a professional astrology reading for the first time and I kind of used that reading, it was recorded for me. So I went back and used it kind of as a template to teach myself how to take it even further and how to read the transits. So I could look up the date that like everything fell apart in my marriage and see what was happening in my chart. And I was having this big Uranus transit where it hit my seventh house of marriage and opposed my first house of basically self. And Uranus is the planet of like great change. And it will shake up your whole life if you're not in alignment because it wants freedom and it wants you to get to the next step. And I was like, oh my God, of course, Uranus hits your, your marriage house. And if it's not the right relationship, but it's not just marriage in that house. It's also your partnership. So I was like, oh, I left the job. I you left, left. You left everything. I left it all. I lost all my friends. I was like, this makes perfect sense. I wonder what else astrology could teach me. And I just voraciously consumed everything I could get my hands on, looking at my chart and my past and um, looking at my family's charts and seeing how we connected and all of my friends. And I started studying and then, you know, inevitably you're excited as you're talking about it. So people will be like, oh, can you look at my, and I'm like, yes, let me tell you everything. And, and then all of a sudden you're getting paid to do it. It's yeah, it's there just, you go. it's your passion, yeah. you know, to whatever you're passionate about. And again, I didn't set out to become a tarot reader. I didn't set out to become an author or an astrologer. It was just 
what I was really passionate about. And it just, and I let, I let the universe kind of lead the way and take its course. And I didn't force myself to do something that I didn't want to do just to make money. Uh, And that's when it's right, it's easier too. It just kind of all happens. Plus when I get excited about learning something new, I'm like, this is, I figured nobody else knew either. And I'm telling everyone. Yeah. And that enthusiasm. And yeah. Um, What's the hardest challenge that you've gone through and how'd you get through it? Uh, I feel like hard challenges for me are as a recovering people pleaser is staying too long in things that aren't working because I feel bad hurting people or disappointing them rather. So staying in a job for too long or staying in a relationship that's not working and just trying so hard to make something work that's not working, which is what teaches me (laughs) how to be like, oh, this is because I have to like leave this so the next thing in life can come in, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So how did you learn that? Oh, I learned it. I feel like I learned it over and over again. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I thought I would have learned the lesson after, you know, the marriage ended, but I was in a relationship in New York and we were living together. And it was, it was a really great, you know, first relationship post-divorce. And I thought, oh, this is my person. And it just started unraveling. And as the pandemic hit, it just got worse and worse. And we just weren't in the same place. And, you know, somebody's behavior isn't, they're not a bad person. They're just showing you what they're capable of. And what they wanted and what I wanted were completely different things. And I was like, oh, but we can work this out. We can make this happen because, you know, we're stuck living together. Um, And I was getting all of these like messages. You know, you can tell, I think you can tell when something's close. And I felt like I'm getting really close to getting remarried. I'm getting really close to you know, my, my spirit baby is calling me. I know I'm going to have a baby and I know I'm going to, and I just feel like I'm going to get married before I have the baby. And I'm like, looking at this person I'm living with and I'm like, this person is never going to get married. And I'm like, I don't, and I was just, I didn't understand. So I just kept trying to like force it. Cause I was like, I'm getting such strong messages that like, this is happening and it's going to happen fast. And then all of a sudden, one day, I just, I ended the relationship. I was like, I can't do this anymore. You're not happy. I'm not happy. Um, I don't think you're a bad person. I think you're lovely. You're just not my person. And I know I'm not your person. But we live in a shoebox size apartment in the middle of the pandemic. And neither of us can really afford to like move out and there's nowhere to go. So I think we should live together until the end of our lease but not as a couple. Let's just figure this out and keep it friendly before we hate each other and figure this out. And yeah, I was working from home and, and he had a job in the city. And so I was home alone for this, you know, huge stretch of time. And I was like, I'm gonna work on my, I'm gonna do some serious shadow work 
on why I keep trying to force relationships. Cause I realized I did the same thing with my ex-husband and I did get him to finally marry me. And then I was miserable. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God, I almost did it again. How did I like, how did I not see it? It was like right in front of my face of how I try to fit people into a box and try to fit something into this idea that I had of it. And I was like, I think I have some serious codependency issues and I'm going to like dive into the shadow work of that because I know I want to, I want to get married and I want to have children and I want to like have this life and not every, you know, this, that, that lifestyle is not everybody's lifestyle, you know, whatever lifestyle works for you, go for that. But that was the thing that I wanted. And every day I would just journal and cry and use EFT tapping and like tap Mm -hmm. through my stuff and, um, and use my tarot cards. And I was like, all right, I have this amount of time before, you know, this person's coming back home. So like, this is my time to work on it. And I dived very deeply into it for a few weeks because it was very sad to it was almost like reliving my divorce. Yeah. Cause I was like, oh, but I was like, I know that I'm the problem here. Yeah. And yeah, I need yeah. to look at that. And it was like, it was like magic, Lauren. Like a few weeks after that happened, I started when the pain of it started to subside a little bit, I was like, I want to be ready for the relationship when it's time. I don't want to stress about it. I'm not even, I'm not looking for anything. I want to be alone for a while. Um, but I just, I want to like have the right energy to call in that partner that is in alignment so that I'm not forcing it. And I did this whole manifestation letter writing that I do, Yeah, you know, and I was like, I just want to practice the right energy for when it comes and whatever, whatever. And it was like, out of the blue, um, one of my dearest friends that I met when I was 20 years old, we went to college together. We were in art school together and we were good friends. We were both married to other people and he lived in California and I lived in Florida and him and his wife would come and visit and we would hang out and go to Miami together. And my husband and I, my husband and I would go to California and we would see them and do, you know, San Diego with them. And he came back into my life and he was like, you are single again. I don't want to miss this window with you. And was kind of like a, I've loved you for 20 years. And I was like, oh my God, I love you too. And we decided to take a trip together to kind of see what was there. And by the end of the trip, I was planning a move. Like I, I left New York. I paid my ex for the remaining part of the lease and I moved to California and it was like so easy. You know, I've already known this person for 20 years and he's seen every side of me. It was like the first time in a relationship where I didn't feel like nervous or self-conscious. I just felt totally myself. Yeah. That's, a great story. So what's the manifestation letter? So I love, I call them love letters to the universe. 
And I don't know if you've ever written a love letter or if anybody's ever written a love letter to you. It is hot and juicy and it makes you feel so excited. It feels exciting to write. It feels really exciting to receive. Um, So I like to write the, you know, in manifestation, they say like, talk about it. Like it's already happened. Yeah. So I write these letters to the universe where it's like a love letter about whatever it is. Because I'm, again, I'm practicing the feelings and I'm practicing the joy and excitement. So instead of laying in my bed at night, being sad because I'm in bed by myself, I start thinking like, oh, what, what's it going to feel like when I have a person with me? You know, like, what do we do? What's our, what's our nighttime routine? You know, do we drink tea before we go to bed? Do we both agree that? no TV in the bedroom because it's an intimacy killer. Like, do we read to each other? Like, what's our, what's our vibe? Instead of sitting there thinking like, oh, I want a guy who's, you know, six feet tall with dark hair, yeah, blue no, eyes. No, no, no. Like, it's not supposed to be the physical characteristics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not at all. No, it's like, it's what the is feeling. the feeling? Yeah, the feeling. Of so instead of, again, it's that like re, redirection of your loneliness and making it into a juicy love story. And then it's like, you're writing this love letter telling the universe, like, oh my God, I'm so like grateful for this relationship that I'm now in. And I can't wait to tell you all about it and go into like super detail. Just so you can, again, practice that feeling instead of focusing on what isn't there, focusing about what is possible. Yeah. What, what your list of qualities that you want in your relationship. Right. It's taking that list. Because I think the and list is the first our, part yeah. and then making it into like some well, kind of story. I'm so grateful that we do, that we get to have, the, yeah. And you can do that also for whatever it is that you want to manifest for Anything. your job, for your career. What does it look like? What does it feel like when you're there? What is, you know, what kind of people are you surrounding yourself with? Are you working from home? You know, you make it detailed, all of it. Yes. And it was crazy in 20 at the, I do this, I do a big new year's letter every year. Mm -hmm. What do you do with that? Same for what you want to manifest in the, for the year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I do a big, whole big thing. Um, and it was funny in 2021, I did, I was like, I'm done with relationship crap. Like Cause I knew I was like getting out of that. I was like, I don't, yeah. I'm not ready to manifest a relationship. I'm going to focus on my career. And I, I wrote like a whole thing in there about like having an assistant and like what that looked like and felt like and how our dynamic was. And I'm like, had no intentions of hiring an assistant. I didn't even know what I was going to be doing in 2021. And a few <laughs> in late January, I got an email from this person in Colorado that was like, I'm such a huge fan of your work. Um, I'm would really love to work with you. Like I really want to be basically she was saying, I really want to be your assistant. How can we make that happen? And I wasn't like in the place where I could uh, like necessarily afford to hire an assistant. So, and it wasn't even that she was like, I'd really want to learn from you. And I would like to trade. Like, would you mentor me and I will be your assistant? Basically, like she's like spelled out and put together a whole Google Doc presentation of how she was going to help me grow my business. And it was crazy. 
and she ended up being my assistant and it was fabulous. And it was like, I looked back at the letter and I was like, oh my God, this, everything that I wrote in this letter is exactly what this person does. And they came to me. Like I didn't. Yeah. That's amazing. It's crazy. Like the universe is wild when you kind of like let go of that, like tight, tight grip of control. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a good segue into, do you have a message I hope you want to give? So I was wondering if you wanted to do a message of hope through tarot. I'm sure that would, that, that would be the first, you know, just kind of give, you know, give everybody a a taste of what it's like. Yeah. And I just got goosebumps again. So we have to. Okay. Is that your sign when, when something is, some people say it is, I don't know. (laughs) All right. So what is our message of hope? I pull two cards. Oh, and they're like two of the most sweetest cards. So our first is the six of cups. And this is a beautiful card. It is. That's so gorgeous. We're going to have to, you have to send me a link to it so we can put it in the, with all the show notes and everything. So people can, can click on it. Okay. Absolutely. So this is a card really about memories and nostalgia and family connection. But what I really love about the sixes in tarot is they are all about reciprocity and give and take. So this is really a card about emotions and love and filling one another's cup and surrounding yourself with people that fill your cup. And also if it's connected to family, I think it's really a lovely redirection about how you're thinking about things. Like you can, you can change your energy at any point. We can't change other people. So it's like, if you're feeling any kind of negative energy, like you can, you can change that at any time and you can repair without even speaking to the other person. Like that's an internal job. Yeah, that's definitely, I mean, it's a feel good to even look at it, that card. Yeah, I love it. That's Yay. so cute. And Yeah, so, and then the second card I pulled was the Four of Wands. And you can see it's a lovely couple under a, under a hoopa. Mm-hmm. And it's traditionally a card of, of marriage and relationship and celebration. But it's really about taking the first step to kind of walk through walk under those arches to get there. It's like, you can have, you can have your dream life. It's, you know, you have to take the first step and then the universe takes 10 on your behalf. Yeah. There we go. Action. Take the, take the step. God doesn't drive parked cars. Can't sit in a corner wishing you have to take an action. Yes. Just, Just whatever action, the universe will rise up to meet you. Yes. And it doesn't have to be anything. You don't have to, you know. Yeah. It doesn't have to be your big. Job and, yeah. No, no, no. It doesn't have to be big. Just whatever it is, five minutes a day, 15 minutes, a little bit better, but just some kind of action towards what it is that you want to see happen. Absolutely. And you're yeah. never too late to start. Oh my gosh. No, I love, um, I just uh, did another interview with somebody who just started seeing 
um, her vision and light and taking action at 50. And her, she started off by saying her, she started and ended with you're never too old. And I've interviewed people way older. I know, I know women, this group of women, they're all in their eighties and they just came together to live together in a house. And, um, I decided if I do that, I want somebody who cooks healthy. (laughs) I want somebody who's a good cook as one of us anyway. Um, but one of them just became a writer. She's on her fourth book and it's poetry. Yeah. In her eighties, she was never did that before. So yeah, you're definitely never too old. It's never too, and it's never too late to completely start over. Like, oh my gosh, no. And you can start your day over if you're having a bad day. Just start your day over. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love this. This was so great. So, and of course we'll have all links to everything of Stephanie's. Um, I, I loved your response when I sent you, you know, like you were so excited to come on and I started looking up and I'm like, ah, this is so great. Um, really, you want to wait till your baby's older? And you're like, no, you wanted to come on right away. So kudos to you. You look fabulous. A new mom looking this great. Congratulations. You were right in your vision that you knew yeah, that your baby was coming. And uh, then there's your partner. And now you here you are, a new mom. So when we see things, we're right. I mean, when things are meant for us, they're going to happen. So and you don't need to know how, and you don't no. need to like stress about it. Just get everything off your plate that's not working, and, yeah, and just, just to, show to up, be available, yeah, to receive it, yeah, and say yes, say yes when um, things start calling you. Just say yes to the universe. Yeah, this is so great. Thank you so much for being a guest today on Fifty Two oh, Weeks of Hope. You. Thank you so much for having me, Lauren. I'm so excited. This was great. It was wonderful meeting you. Yeah. And I love that you do this podcast. Like this is so important. So thank you for the work you do. Oh, thank you. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and take with you the messages of honesty, gratitude, and an open heart. Such great messages to take into your week ahead. Be sure to tune in next week for another empowering episode all about how to live abundantly, authentically, and how to have fun. It's a great episode that's super upbeat. And that's next week. You definitely don't want to miss that. Be sure to sign up for free Confidence and Clarity Boost sessions. If you're struggling, this might be for you. It's for those who feel like life's passing them by, your inner critic's going nonstop, you're feeling burnt out and jealous of those who are doing what you wish you were doing. Just go to the website at 52weeksofhope.com and sign up over there. If you're enjoying the podcast, share the love and tell two of your friends. I'm Lauren Abrams. Thanks for listening.